Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome back to 31 Days of Horror. Day number 19. With me today, I have a returning guest from last year's marathon, my good friend, Kiki Michaela. Kiki, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. We are discussing today the 1985 film Fright Night. Kiki, had you ever seen this movie before? I had not. Honestly, I really wasn't even familiar with them. I'd heard the name, but I did did not know what to expect going into these films. Ah, yes, it's. I'd say it's a classic. I mentioned in another episode. It's part of a kind of a trio of 80s vampire movies. Came out one right after the other. Fright Night. And then Vamp the next year, and then Lost Boys oh, the year after that. Interesting. I have seen the Lost Boys. Lost Boys, bleh. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, after that, we had Fright Night Part 2 in 1988. We'll get to that later. <laughs> so it's uh, in color, 106 minutes, directed and written by Tom Holland. The budget was between 7 and $9.25 million. And the box office was $24.9 million. Mm-hmm. The featured monsters are vampires. <laughs> a vampire. And the death count is eight, if you count Ed. Yeah, that's a little uh, ambiguous. <laughs> well, he seems to be killed, but then we hear him again at the end. Right. A little, that little laugh. So, yeah. First he's turned, and then he's killed. So he's kind of killed twice. Yeah, true. He's uh, killed by the vampire and turned into a vampire, and then he's uh, killed by the vampire hunter. Mm -hmm. The movie stars Chris Sarandon as Jerry Dandridge, William Ragsdale as Charlie Brewster. Oh, Brewster, you're so cool. Amanda (laughs) Bierce as Amy Peterson. Stephen Jeffries as Edward Evil Ed Thompson. Jonathan Stark as Billy Cole. Dorothy Fielding as Judy Brewster. That's Charlie's mother. Art J. Evans as Detective Lennox. Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent. And Stuart Stern as Cook. I don't remember Cook. Uh, Yeah, I don't remember that either. And I just watched it. So very impactful character. (laughs) Maybe with somebody in the the bar or the club or something. Oh, maybe. Nick Savage and Ernie Holmes portray the bouncers killed by Jerry. Playboy playmate Heidi Sorensen also appears as one of Jerry's victims. Probably the one that we see topless. (laughs) That's going to be my guess. No, so yeah, statistically, that checks out. (laughs) I wonder if it's, does it say what this, what the rating was? I think it was R. Was it? I mean, I feel like. We saw nudity. I feel like that's a pretty pretty hard R. Well, you see, there was a time back in the 80s and before when brief nudity would get you a PG. What? 
Yes, that was before. Well, I know that was before like PG-13 was a thing. Yes, before PG-13, where they decided there needed to be a distinction between, I guess, uh, it was created for some specific movie. I don't remember what. I think it was um, uh, Temple of Doom, I believe. That might be that might be it. Which I could be wrong on that. Nudity in it. <laughs> but yeah, PG was almost a guarantee that you were going to get a little bit of nudity or at least some swearing. If there was a lot of nudity, then uh, you'd get an R. And of course, the level of violence could bump it yeah. up to an R. Occasionally, you would get a movie so violent they wanted to give it an X rating. And then they created the uh, NC-17 rating. Because the X rating became, they didn't, they didn't trademark it. So the porn industry just latched onto it and then just started calling things double X and triple X. Oh, that makes sense. So to distinguish a film with adult themes or lots of violence from just straight up pornography, they created the NC-17 rating. That's right. Motion Picture Association stopped using the X rating. So it's now just meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> There's no meaningful distinction between X and double X and triple X. That <laughs> uh, yeah, Wikipedia's not telling me what the rating is. Uh, oh. And uh, so I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know if Voodoo would tell me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they ever re-rate these movies once the rating Um, IMDb changed. says R, so I, yeah, I don't know if that okay. was changed in the sense, but uh, IMDb says R, so at least for the first one. Hmm. That's odd. Anyway, from, yeah, for 85, I guess I would have had to have my dad take me to see that if it was an R rating. Yeah. Because we didn't, we did not sneak into R rating movies. <laughs> my dad got me in to see uh, Conan because it was rated R. Oh, yeah. A couple other things like that. A couple other things yeah, like that. Yeah, some special treats. Yep. <laughs> All right. So you hadn't seen it before. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it was I could see why it's considered kind of a classic of of the vampire genre. So heavily eighties in, in like the soundtrack and like some of the uh-huh. styles, which I loved. Like I think the eighties aesthetic, not to like glamorize a specific time period, but I love like synth eighties music and stuff like that. So that was right up my alley. I, I was I was expecting it to be a little scarier. Not that it wasn't scary, but like, I feel like the effects weren't as scary as I thought they would be. Like, I feel like the vampires, with the exception of the the final makeup on the one gal, I thought it was, like, pretty tame, all things considered. And Oh, and then I guess the melting guy. Uh, that Those were both kind of scary. But everything <laughs> else, it was surprisingly, like, like tame, but it was still, I mean, not, not tame. It was still scary, but it was just, I was expecting a lot a lot more intensity. Um, but it was still mm-hmm. very good. I was I was able to follow along pretty well and... And I liked kind of the back and forth between uh, Charlie and uh, Jerry, which can I just say Jerry is a horrible name for a vampire. <laughs> well, Dandridge, his last name's a little bit more. Dandridge is good. I like Jerry. that. I wish oh, we could have just, just referred to him as Dandridge because that sounds that yeah. sounds a little more menacing. Yeah. But just like, hey, Jerry, the vampire. Uh, yeah. Well, he's trying to blend in. Well, he doesn't yeah, yeah, do a I very good job of no, it. No, no, he immediately he, blows he back gets, cover. He gets found out the first day he moves in. Literally, like he's literally like, I just they did not even attempt to hide that. Well, and just you know, leaving his 
blinds mm-hmm. up. Oh yeah, that's a bad <laughs> movie. Open. That's a bad move, even if you aren't a vampire. <laughs> I kind of kind of feel like he's doing it on purpose. No, well, honestly, because when they're in the club or whatever it is that they're when when Amy and Charlie separate and he's like seducing Amy, he just straight up like turns into vampire mode in front of all of these people. So like he clearly mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be too concerned. I don't know if it's because he thinks yeah. he's so powerful that he can just thrall them all into pretending that nothing happened but he just does not seem concerned about keeping it a secret he's just stopped caring at that point Mm -hmm. so yeah we have 17 year old charlie brewster who's a fan of a horror television program called fright night this is the uh wikipedia summary folks (laughs) thank you wikipedia hosted by former movie vampire hunter peter vincent who is interesting in that he that is his stage name and the name of his character real bold move there yeah um, there's only one other person I'm aware of that has done that, and that is Crash Corrigan. Who Interesting. Used to make used to make movie serials, action movie serials, and mm. I think his first part he was cast as Crash Corrigan, and he just decided that's my name now. And whatever works. I guess Peter Vincent did a similar thing. He's clearly kind of based on Vincent Price. Yeah, I could. I got vibes. I got those vibes for sure. One evening, Charlie discovers that his new next-door neighbor, Jerry Dandridge, is a vampire responsible for the disappearances of several victims. After telling his mother, Charlie asks his girlfriend, Amy Peterson, and his friend, Evil Ed Thompson, for help before contacting the authorities. Detective Lennox goes with Charlie to Jerry's house to question him, but his roommate, Billy Cole, (laughs) tells him that Jerry's away on business. Billy's his, like, familiar, his uh, guard. He has a guard dog, too, though. Yeah, the relation, the whole dynamic between those two is, um, there's a lot of vagueness there. <laughs> Open to interpretation. Okay. I also noticed that Jerry is often, uh, eating apples. Which yeah. Which they use that in the remake as well. Oh, interesting. Yeah, most of these things, I mean, every movie comes up with its own rules, but most of the time, vampires can't stomach human food. Yeah, and that's interesting because I noticed that, like, a lot of modern vampire stuff really likes to play with the rules. And I feel like this one stuck to the traditional stuff very hard. So that's kind of a weird thing that they stuck in there compared to everything else being so mm-hmm. strict with the classic vampire rules. Yeah. And it, it appears at one point that he's just bit the entire core out of the apple. He's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charlie reveals his suspicions about Jerry's vampirism and Lennox leaves furious. That night, Charlie is shocked to see Jerry inside his house, having been invited in by Charlie's mother. So, yeah, that's another classic rule. He has to be invited first. Later, Jerry visits Charlie and offers him a choice. Ignore his vampiric activities or else. Charlie refuses, brandishing a crucifix at Jerry. When Jerry tries to push him out the window to his death, Charlie stabs Jerry's hand with a pencil. Jerry destroys Charlie's car in retaliation and threatens Charlie over the telephone. Charlie turns to Peter Vincent for help, but Peter dismisses Charlie as an obsessed fan. Amy, fearing for Charlie's sanity and safety, hires the destitute Peter to prove that Jerry is not a vampire by having him drink what they claim is holy water, but is only tap water. Yeah, Peter gets can uh, well canceled. Yeah, his show gets canceled. He gets fired. <laughs> yeah, and so he's willing to do this job for them because uh, he he's desperate now. They just decided that he's. Uh, too corny and, can't survive uh, in the modern age anymore. yeah but there's still Sven Gulli still has a show I don't know if it's on the original channel he started on but it's still on TV oh wow a lot of these a lot of these people are still 
working. Well, one guy's still working. <laughs> uh, Jerry has claimed to Peter that drinking actual holy water would be against his religious convictions. Peter discovers Charlie is right about Jerry's true nature after glancing at his pocket mirror and noticing Jerry's lack of a reflection, causing him to accidentally drop the mirror. Peter then flees, but Jerry learns of his discovery after finding a shard of mirrored glass on the floor. Jerry hunts down Ed and turns him into a vampire. Then Ed <laughs> proceeds to visit Peter and tries to attack him, only to be warded off when burned by a crucifix to the forehead. I thought the way he gingerly placed the crucifix <laughs> on his forehead was kind of awkward. Yeah, that was a little a little clumsy, and not going to lie. <laughs> Now, uh, Stephen Jeffries, who played Evil Ed, he was in a couple of movies, and then he decided to start making gay porn for several years. Oh, plot twist. In the 90s. But later on came back to regular movies hmm. and has been in some stuff more recently, some not porn stuff more recently. Interesting. So there you go. <laughs> Something I read a long time ago when I first discovered this seemed to indicate that he just enjoyed it. He wasn't doing it because that's all the only work he could get. He oh. just enjoyed it. So. Well, you know what they say, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Jerry chases Charlie and Amy into a nightclub. While Charlie tries to call the police, Jerry hypnotizes and abducts Amy, who resembles Jerry's lost love, and bites her. Yeah, we see a painting in his house that looks like Amy. Amy, who went on to be on Married with Children for years. Hmm. The actress, not... <laughs> <laughs> the character just transplanted over. It's fine. Yeah, Amanda Bierce. <laughs> Let's see. Jerry hypnotizes and abducts Amy. Uh, I said that already. With nowhere left to turn, Charlie attempts to gain Peter's help once more. A frightened Peter initially refuses, but then reluctantly resumes his vampire killer role. Entering Jerry's house, the two are able to repel Jerry using a crucifix, though only Charlie's works since he has faith in its spiritual power. Yeah, uh, Jerry tells them, you have to have faith for that to work on me. It works on Ed, because I guess because he's a fresh, new, weak vampire, but Jerry is powerful enough that the mm -hmm. symbol by itself will not affect him. You've got to have faith, which was kind of a mistake to tell them that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you later. Uh, Billy appears and knocks Charlie over the banister while Peter flees to Charlie's house. There he is surprised by Ed, who attacks him in the form of a wolf, only to be pierced through the heart with a broken table leg held by Peter. Removing the stake from Ed's body, Peter goes to rescue Charlie and battle Jerry. Ah, there, okay, that was... Ed takes forever to die. No, that scene is like... I kind of started to feel really bad for him because he was like, the way he oh, was yelling and yeah. stuff, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. this is really kind of sad. Oh, yeah. Peter's very much looking at him with pity. He feels yeah. really bad about it. It's, but it's gruesome. That's important, though, that he removed the stake from Ed's body. So that must be why... He comes back. He comes back, yeah. He wasn't. He didn't stay dead. You got to leave that steak in, and you got to cut their head off and stuff the mouth with garlic, soak the lips, put it at the foot of the body, and then burn the whole thing and bury the ashes at a crossroads. That's the only way you can be really sure. Yep. Charlie is locked in with Amy, who is slowly transforming into a vampire. Peter frees him before she awakens and says the process can be reversed if they destroy Jerry, 
before dawn. We saw a similar thing in Lost Boys. Billy confronts Charlie and Peter and is revealed to be undead. They destroy Billy who melts into goo and sand. Peter, is, yeah, it's not clear what his deal is. Because no. he can walk around in the sun. Yeah. But he's some kind of, he, he's not human. We, when, he, when he turns the goo, we can see that he's not just a normal human. Mm-hmm. But he's not, a vamp- he's not a vampire either, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, I was not sure <laughs> what that was supposed to be about. Peter is able to lure the overconfident Jerry in front of a window using a crucifix, which now works due to his renewed faith in its abilities. Which, yeah, don't explain. (laughs) There's no way to get faith faster than for an actual vampire to explain to you that it works. Yep. Signed your own faith, bruh. (laughs) For vampire, you know, okay, vampires are real. The vampire's telling me that the power of faith is a real power that will actually have an effect yeah, I think you'd find some faith. Yeah, for sure. It, whatever's going to keep me from not dying, for sure. Yeah. As the sun rises, Jerry transforms into a bat and attacks Peter and Charlie before fleeing to his coffin in the basement. Charlie and Peter pursue Jerry. The later breaks open Jerry's coffin and tries to stake him through the heart while Charlie fights off Amy, who has almost completed her transformation. By breaking out the blacked-out windows in the basement, Peter and Charlie expose Jerry to the sunlight destroying him and returning Amy to her human form. That last burst of sunlight just blows him across the room. Yeah, it was like it had like a physical form or something almost. Yeah. Uh, A few nights later, Peter returns to his Fright Night TV series and announces a hiatus from vampires, presenting a film about alien invaders instead. Charlie and Amy watch the program as they embrace in bed. Charlie gets up to turn off the TV and glimpses red eyes in Jerry's now vacant house but dismisses them. Unbeknownst to Charlie and Amy, a new neighbor has just moved in. Uh, and then we hear Ed laughing. So that's that's who's hanging out over there is Ed. So I love this movie. This is one of my favorite vampire movies. Nice. I, I had it on VHS. I have it on DVD. I have a digital copy. I just, I just love it. Chris Sarandon is so cool. He was the only one that I recognized out of this entire cast, and it bugged me for uh-huh. a little bit. I couldn't figure out where I knew him, so like I looked him up on IMDb, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's he's the guy from The Princess Bride." And then I also found yes. out that he was Jack Skellington's talking voice, which yep. I always knew he was. It wasn't. Um, oh my god, what's his name? The composer guy. I literally can't. Oh. I know the composer guy sings for him. Uh huh. Why well, I'm drawing a blank. Anyways, but I always knew he had a different singing voice and talking voice, and I never knew who did it. So I was like, oh, that's cool. But nobody else in this I knew, but I thought they all did a really good job. Uh, yeah. Um, Chris Randon does not get enough work. He he was very cool in this. Uh, Danny Elfman, that's who you're thinking of. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I completely Danny. drew a blank. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I knew who it was, and I couldn't think of it. I had to look it up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's uh, Prince Humperdinck. He was a detective, Mike Norris in Child's Play, and Jack Skellington. He has a small cameo part in the remake of Fright Night. Oh, that's nice. So let's go into that. Fright Night, as we mentioned, had a sequel. Uh, three years later. Uh, we will talk about that later. Then it had a remake. In. 2011 that sounds right i was i did a little research on the on the movie and i I think that's what it was 
Uh, Colin Farrell plays Jerry in that version. Oh, okay. Uh, I can see how Aunt, that would work. Anton Yelchin is Charlie. Uh, David Tennant is uh, Peter Vincent. This is hmm. the... I don't know if I'm going to play these episodes in the order I record them, but this is the second movie that we refer to Anton Yelchin, although we're not actually <laughs> talking about that one. Not yet. Maybe next year. Uh, oh David Tennant plays Peter Vincent, and he plays him as a, not a horror show host, but a stage magician modeled after, like, Chris Angel. Hmm, that's interesting. I could see, I could see why you would take that in that direction, because I feel like a lot of kids in my generation that would probably be watching the movie the way, like, you know, a lot of people did in the original one, probably didn't grow up with the Sven Gulli, Elvira, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it would probably be a little more relatable to them. Yeah, but if you were, if you were my age, you'd seen a lot of Vincent Price movies, older movies that got re-shown on TV, and that Peter Vincent character, you know, seemed very yeah. much like a real, like a person that really could have been uh, in these kind of movies. I, I'd like to see a P Peter Vincent movie. Oh, speaking of Peter <laughs> Vincent, what was going on with his hair? Yeah, I'm Did not it, sure. That was something. It looks like his, like he's wearing a gray, you know, stage spray paint in his head. It's not his natural color. Yeah. Not that My he, he's not a young man when he made no. this movie, but it's, it's like they said, your hair's not gray enough. What? Well, I don't know. It's yeah. weird because it it looks like cheap makeup that they would have used for this show. Yeah, I don't know if that was supposed to be the intention. Is that he does it for the show and he just right. like doesn't ever wash it off? Because I will say that's the thing. I have used my spray issue. paint my hair before, and it is a pain in the ass uh, to clean out. So maybe he uh, just didn't want to <laughs> clean it out. The kind I've the kind I've had to use comes out pretty easily. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Uh, but. Um, but yeah, I, that was my problem. Not that he had it, but that it never came out that it was on all the time. Cause it does look like his, his TV spray hair makeup to make him look grayer than he actually is. Yeah. Uh, but it's just obviously not a natural color and it's a little distracting. Uh, but I just love him in this movie so much. I mean, Roddy McDowell, he's been in so many things so many different kinds of movies. Of course, he was in Planet of the Apes movies, playing Cornelius, but this is one of my favorite things that he's ever done. Um, I think he was pretty happy with it, too. So yeah, there was a... Good job. There was a remake in 2011, and then there was sort of a... There was a thing in 2013 called Fright Night 2 New Blood, which oh. is neither a sequel to the remake or a remake of the sequel. Oh, that's not confusing at all. It's really, I mean, it's presented as if it's a sequel to the remake, but it's hmm. really a variation on a theme. It doesn't have any of the same actors, huh? but it's got, but it has all the same characters. It's got Charlie and Peter and Amy and Ed. Yeah. It has Jerry. It has, Jerry is now spelled with a, G E R R I and is a woman. Okay. So like the original like the original sequel the vampire is now a woman, but it's has the name of the original vampire. 
Hmm. It doesn't have the motivation of the vampire in the original sequel. So they just sort of took the the characters and the ideas and mixed them around a little bit and sent them over to Bulgaria or <laughs> where where are they go? Romania. Of course Romania. What am I talking about? Yeah, that's of course typical. it's Romania. Uh they they take a class trip over to Romania. I'm not going to go into the whole thing, but they take a class trip over to Romania, and then we get the same basic thing of Charlie spots a vampire and then has to deal with it. And in that Classic. version, Peter, Vin- Peter Vincent is sort of a TV show ghost hunter type. You know, that's also very, very fitting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in like old abandoned places and like random parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. He's I think he's yeah, I think he's just gone to Romania to poke around a bunch of old castles and crap. So uh all right, Kiki, any other thoughts on Fright Night? Um, one of the things that I will say is I really liked I they didn't play up a ton of like the vampire rules, but one of the things that I thought was very clever was their use of the reflections. Um like the way that he kinda like Peter Vincent kinda discovers um mm-hmm that he's a vampire but also the sequence when he's like seducing uh amy is that her name amy Amy. Yeah, yes, i don't know amy. i have a hard time keeping the characters names in my head <laughs> i don't know why because i could picture them all but like literally yesterday i was trying to remember charlie's name and i just blanked anyways the sequence where he's dancing with amy and trying to seduce her and they kind of keep going back and forth between the two of them dancing together and then her dancing with nobody as like the quote unquote reflection. I thought that was so uh-huh. clever. I really yeah. enjoyed that. I'm also kind of a sucker for the whole, like, I mean, vampires are like, it, it, this was kind of, I feel like on the edge of like before vampires became fully like sexified and they were trying to make them a little sexy. And I think the idea mm-hmm. of like reincarnated lovers is like a, a big thing now. And I, I am a fan of that. And I think they pulled it off pretty well without going to, they still kept the like, creep factor and they didn't go full tragic romance or anything like that so i like that they incorporated that and mm. and balanced it but uh no i was yeah i was i was very impressed with this movie not no not knowing what <laughs> what i was getting myself into uh-huh well i'm glad uh that you enjoyed it oh a uh, thing i was going to mention is that peter vincent gets his job back but yes <laughs> there's no something ha- it's like oh you beat the vampire so now you get your job back, but they don't know that. I know, yeah. This is kind of like they don't know that he's had. I think what happened is off screen. They got all these phone calls that they didn't realize how popular the show was. I think yeah. they got a bunch of phone calls saying, "What do you mean you took Fright Night off the air?" And they called him up and asked him to come back. Yeah, I could see that. That's does, like a real world thing that happens sometimes. So, yeah. But the way it plays in the movie, it just kind of comes off as, well, here's your reward for beating the vampire. <laughs> you get your show yeah. back. I also thought it was kind of weird that they moved on to alien hunting stuff. For a second there, I was like, is this what the second one's about? Is the second one about? I thought it was trying to tease. Because <laughs> the first one oh, sets up the whole vampire thing. And so right. I was like, is this supposed to be a tease for the sequel? Are we going into, into, into alien territory instead? And then, it, and, then, and then you get the like evil Ed reveal. And I was like, okay, so this is not really anything. And then that ended up not being anything anyways. But we'll get to that later. Well, I imagine in the, his TV show, he shows all kinds of horror movies, not just vampire movies. I guess that's but he's fair. But he's just kind of making a point of... I don't feel like watching a vampire one this week. Yeah, we're going to skip I'm that. I'm a little 
a little burned out on that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, so how many pumpkins out of five pumpkins, how many are you going to give Fright Night? Hmm, I think I would give it, hmm, I think I would give it a four out of five. I did a pretty, I, I was really, really happy with it. I think there are a few small things that I would, I would shore up a little bit. Like the detective stuff is kind of weird to me. And I think, I think some of the, a little bit of the fight sequence at the end could be cleaned up a little bit. So that's why I won't give it a full five. Um, but I was, I was pretty happy with it. So I'd say four. Okay. I'm giving it a full five. I just freaking love it. <laughs> Folks, it does not appear to be streaming free or, well, free. <laughs> There's only a couple places that are actually free. Most of them, uh, you gotta have a subscription of some kind. You can rent it, and you can, or you can buy it on all of the services, but it's not on HBO or Peacock or any of that stuff right now. But the sequel is not officially available anywhere, but it's on YouTube. Full thing. <laughs> looks like it's HD, or uh, it's at least. I mean, it's at least standard quality. It's not just a crappy somebody pointed their camera at the TV kind of recording. It only ever had a kind of bad DVD release, but it was digitally spruced up for television viewing. So somebody has gotten a hold of that. And I actually saw it in two different accounts on YouTube and nobody's making any effort to take it down. I guess because they're not selling it anywhere right now. They don't care. Yeah, there's no competition, so why would if they you? Start, if they start selling it, then they'll force those guys to take it down. But yeah, you yeah. can't legitimately rent or buy Fright Night Part 2 anywhere. But you can watch it for free on YouTube. So uh, Kiki and I will be back in a, another episode to talk about Fright Night Part 2. So why don't you guys all hustle over to YouTube now and watch that. And uh, join us back here later for Fright Night Part 2. Uh, I also want to mention there was some a comic book series uh, back at that time that was like the further adventures of Charlie and Vincent. And then there was yeah. just, a, seems like one, I was looking it up to see if I could find a digital copy and found one issue that came out last year. Oh. <laughs> so I went ahead and bought that. But that seems to be all there is to that series. The other ones are not available digitally. You got to track down old copies of them. So I can't be bothered to do that right now. Yeah, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get rid of most of my physical comics. I'm almost all digital, except for my Superman comics. Everything else I do digitally now. Yeah. All right. That will wrap it up for us today. I have been your host, Precious D, and my guest has been Kiki Michaela. Kiki, uh, you got any socials or anything you want to? plug your links to or anything <laughs> uh yeah you guys are welcome yeah. to follow me on twitter if you like uh it's just uh kirsten geddes k-i-r-s-t-e-n-g-e-d-d-e-s -E -E uh i don't do too much on there but you might get the occasional uh movie or ttrpg tweet out of me or uh some uh insider news jokes uh but yeah, feel free to follow me on there. You're still working at the local news station? Yep, for at least another uh, five or six months. We'll see how it goes after that. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You can follow us on all of our socials. Just go to mmftg.bio.link to get all of those links. And until next time, remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And don't misuse science. 
I won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Funtime Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Funtime Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacano folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.